This episode is brought to you by Ben to Table, a monthly food subscription service for avid home cooks focused on delicious and sustainable pantry items. Learn more at bentotable.com. That's B-E-N-T-O-T-A-B-L-E.com. And when you use code HRN for a new subscription, you get $20 off and HRN gets $10. This week on Meet and 3, we're turning our attention to how the global pandemic is impacting our mental health and how food brings us comfort during these times. I've never understood why people have said I'm brave for solo dining. Food can kind of be a source of solace, or it can be a source of excitement or an activity to to keep you busy. When there's a crisis, typically the restaurant industry is one of the industries that springs into action in terms of being like, well, come in, we'll take care of you. Tune in to Meet and 3 to learn more about the psychological effects of COVID-19. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Cooking Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from the Lower East Side of New York City. We got Stassi de Hammer Lopez in beautiful Stamford, Connecticut. Well, the part she's in is beautiful, right on the Long Island Sound. How you doing, Nastasia? Good. We got John from Booker and Dax chilling in the, uh, what do you call that, Murray Hill? What is it? Upper East? What is that? Yep. Murray Hill. Murray Hill. Who's this Murray guy? I have, that's actually a great question. I've never thought of looking that up in the three years I've been here. Yeah, nice. Uh, well, at least you're curious about things. Matt, <laughs> yes. in the booth, you're in your Brooklyn booth? <laughs> I'm in my Brooklyn booth. Nice. And we have semi-live, I mean, like, I guess, as live as he ever is, my man Aaron Polsky, the polecat from Los Angeles. How you doing? What up? Uh, what do you mean, as live as I ever am? <laughs> well, what I mean, you know, apparently I've been told that, oh, no. okay, so Aaron was supposed to be on the show today because he was going to make a, he was going to go to his uh, uh, flavor house of choice, Givaudan, uh, pronounce that for me, John. Say it. Givaudan, Givaudan. Givaudan? Yeah, anyway, yeah, but uh, like, uh, or how would you pronounce it in like New York? I can't even wrap my mind around how you'd pronounce it as just like a straight up old school New Yorker. Do it, Aaron, for you. What would you get? I mean, I say Givadon, but I can, I can be like, eh, hey, Givadon. Okay. I think it's just adding the A to the beginning. Hey, Givadon, like that, like, like that, like how would you do it? Yeah, I mean, I would, I guess I gotta be like Andrew Cuomo. Uh... Okay, me some. Go buy some sausage and peppers and then go to Givadon. Tell me how to, tell me, give it to me. <laughs> I, uh, well, it's got to be in the context of the sentence. So I go to the bodega and I buy a vial of Givadon. There you go. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'll take it. Now, listen, Aaron Polsky, the polecat, was supposed to have sent us, and Nastasia assures me that this is okay to talk about, but. He was supposed to have sent us a uh, sample of uh, the gin and juice mix uh, that you know he's been working on, but I've been told that instead the majority of his time has been spent one going to protests, which we all support, right? We all support this going to protests, yeah. right? and second, trying to work around the new CDC guidelines. Now, Anastasia, oh which monster. CDC <laughs> guidelines are we talking about? The, uh, well, Aaron and I talked a bunch over text, and um, <laughs> we received the, a bunch of people have sent me the new sex-appropriate CDC guidelines, and Aaron also got them. 
we, we, we need a euphemism for the family show, so we're going to call this intimate contact. Intimate contact. Intimate contact. Oh, that's much better. That's much Anyone better for the kids. Who has their kids in the room that must. No, it's a family show and has been for years. No changing now. Intimate contact. Come on, please. Okay, hey, kids, you know how you were born? Oh, Why? my God. Stop. It's not appropriate. Except, except not appropriate. Not the way that Aaron and I. Not have appropriate. All right. For any right. children, for any children out there, you can, you can, you parents just stop this recording this and go not, to like, go, this is not like old school where like, you know, whatever his name is, Vince Vaughn gets to say earmuffs and pretend that nobody hears. Why not? Like, why? Because it's just not what we do. This is not what we do. My dad listened to Howard Stern every morning. And if I were in the room, it was like, that's on me. So and he no, I don't care what you and your dad did. This is the excuse that Booker gives all the time. Well, my friend's parents let him jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. I don't give a rat's ass what his parents do. Go That's live with your friend's parents, right? <laughs> it's like, listen, don't compare yourself to other people. Do what you do, right? What we do is family show. Now we can go innuendo real deep, as oh, we God. know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Nastasia and and Aaron, instead of making gin and juice, have been worried about how to minimize, apparently, Nastasia read it to me this morning, there's a hilarious CDC document about, uh, that goes into, it's like weird, it's crazy. It's crazy. Did you know that your best partner is yourself, Nastasia, according to the CDC? I, I do know that, yeah. <laughs> I've known it for uh, quite a while now. <laughs> I, I feel uncomfortable because I never saw the pre-pandemic CDC guidelines for my private life. And so I don't know what I've been doing wrong this whole time. Well, Probably these, everything? Yeah. These guidelines are specific to COVID and, and uh, you know, you have a wife, so it doesn't, they don't apply to you. So oh, that's great. Yeah, this is why we're not involved with this stuff, thankfully for us. But, uh, you know, Polcat and Nastasia, not with each other, I don't want to hear anything about it, like have been like figuring out these rules and they're quite... They're they're quite ex a explicit and b kind of weird, right, Stas? Yeah, I read them to Dave this morning, and uh... I, I thought she was trolling me. <laughs> I thought she was trolling me because they're so crazy. That's what yeah. I said earlier to Aaron. I said somebody told me about these, and I thought they were trolling me. Yeah, because I mean, it wouldn't be the first time our government has said some crazy some crazy stuff. But my favorite is, listen, if you. First of all, the words they use are so funny. If you need to have this kind of contact with three or more people, maybe wait, maybe wait, just maybe wait, maybe wait, right? I mean, yeah. I like their choice of wording. There are a couple of things. First of all, they they definitely use it to speak about consent, which is which is you know a good thing to just get out there to the general public. Is health guidelines have sex only with consenting partners? Just they just put that in there. That's I would I don't think that's COVID related, but. <laughs> There's a uh, pick larger, more open than well-ventilated spaces, which, I mean, definitely open to interpretation there. Yeah, they, so these, they're, they're outside fetishists. <laughs> I mean, what spaces are we talking about? But then Nastasia told me that on the exact opposite side, like they were very, like, they're like people from The Deuce, from that show The Deuce. They want you to like be sealed in a closet in a separate room from the other person. Well, a wall between you, yeah. 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 And Aaron, and, wait, true or false, Nastasia, and we'll leave it at this. The, literally, the center 
the Center for Disease Control mm-hmm. said, why not get a little bit kinky? Yeah. Right, Aaron? Yeah. Uh, I do. I think that was the New York City Health Department. Oh. What do you think New York City Health? You don't have any New York City problems. You're, you're L.A. You got to read the L.A. No. COVID. Totally different virus. Just I have the L.A. COVID in front of me. So let's, oh, let's really? take a look and here. They don't say get a little kinky? New York says get a little kinky. That's eh, Cuomo for mm. <laughs> Get the sausage and pep. Okay. There's Speaking one. Of, I, there's one where they define feces as poop. I think that's a DC, which is also great. They, wait, wait. They, say, they had to define sorry, feces what? as poop. Yeah, where was it? It said. Uh, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, this is gonna go real far south, real fast. All right, oh go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'm finding it. I gotta do like command F and find poop. Oh no, that was New York City. For all you smart smart ones out there, uh, the virus has been found in the seam. <laughs> And the semen and feces, oh, parentheses, oh. poop of people with COVID-19. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. It's I, not being single right now. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, Nastasia, may I talk about the other trolling that you've been getting? No, I probably shouldn't. I don't know what you're talking about. The temporary, the temporary single troll? No. All right. No, 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 no. Anyway... Like now is a really like, listen, I'm going to go ahead and say this and this is going to sound like it's not coming from me, but it really is. People need to stop trolling Nastasia right now. Like, <laughs> like seriously, like, 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 you, like, like Nastasia can't, can't grow anything, anything because she lives, lives on a salt flat. Basically, she lives on the edge of a body of salt water. When I say on the edge, she could throw a matchstick from her window into the water. So she's right on the salt water edge. It's windy and salty, which is pretty because she's got a view of New York City and all that stuff. But you can't grow scoot doodly over there, normal stuff. So don't talk to her. And that's her favorite thing to do. And she doesn't have her New York City plaque. She's not in New York. And she can't, like, meet up with anyone. So just stop trolling her. She has enough problems right now. Am I right or wrong? Yes. I mean, I'm not saying this, like, it's not a pity party. I'm just saying, like, I love anyone that trolls Nastasia during normal times. But maybe right now is not the time to troll her about these things. Thanks. Huh? Thanks. But trolling Nastasia gives people a sense of normalcy, Dave. But you would be surprised who's trolling me. So let's... yeah, you'd be you'd be shocked. <laughs> Wait, trolling with what? No, we're not getting into. I it. can't get into it. Let me just say that it is a deep, strong troll. <laughs> got it's it. like it's like got it. I'll text you after the farmers market. This troll, this troll's got like carbide lamps. They're set up for days. They can stay under. Anyway. So the, um, hold on, uh, yeah. wait, I have to say to Matt, uh, Mike, you know, uh, Rebecca's fiance says the volume is super low on cooking issues. He has his volume all the way up and can barely hear like right now. No, uh, yeah, I sorted that out. Oh, you did. Okay. Uh, yeah. Rebecca and Mike text me if it, it sounds better, please. Rebecca is the boondoggler, by the way, for those of you that don't remember, Rebecca is the boondoggler. Uh, ruler of the sub party and uh, queen of, of Booker and Dax PR situations. Is that true or false? You're not supposed to talk about sub parties, Dave. What do you mean I'm not supposed to talk about sub parties? About how great we are at throwing parties, especially in LA, so that we can continue throwing parties in LA. Hey, listen, Nastasia, part of being good now is admitting when you used to suck. Okay. Right? 
the last party we threw was not a sub party. The last party we threw was awesome. Yeah. We had Danny Trejo's donuts there. Your boy Machete. Yeah. Aaron, you had fun, right? You were there for like 10 minutes. Oh. Uh, yeah, the one in the hills. Or the yeah. one at like Harry Houdini's house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was great. I Houdini'd out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which also, they don't talk about the Houdini in the New York City sex guidelines. No. Wait, what do you mean? Is that like an actual term oh, that my, people use? My God. It would be tell easier us. if I showed you. No, tell us. No, no, please. Oh, my God. Stop, and stop. children were ours. Oh, listen. Let, hey, oh, oh. We're pulling back. We're pulling Dave. out. We're in the nosedive. Oh, let's pull out. Dave, pulling Dave out. Tell, that, tell that story when we got back from London. That's and good, then, I guess got that. Dave, what? When we got back from London, we got to the New York airport and the baggage flame handler, the difference between what London people say to you about your bags and then what New York City people say when your bags are coming down. Is this the time I had to climb on the yes. thing to undo it? I am with the guys. I don't even remember. All I know is, is that like, you know, when you're, for any of you that have had the, I love New York, but like for any of you who've had the displeasure of flying into John F. Kennedy International Airport, right? Or, you know, LaGuardia and you show up, you've been through hell, right? Because you've just been in an airport. You've gone through security 8,000 times. You're going At through. The middle seat for the entire right. You've gone through your passport check, which they've made better now, especially if you're global entry. But back in the day, you're like, you're good solid hour and change just standing in that dang line. Am I wrong about this, people? Right. To get back into the country at JFK after you've walked. I don't know. I didn't even know that the airport was that big. I think that they, it's literally sometimes a 20 minute walk from your airplane to where your passport thing, 20 minute walk, right? After you've been on a flight for God knows how long. When you show up, then your bags are there. And the, the carousels are so old that regularly bags get stuck up at the top of the carousel and won't go down. And there's signs everywhere saying you can't fix anything, right? And then there's people who are theoretically working, but they're not doing anything. They're sitting there, right? So Nastasi and I are like, you know, in, in, you know, in England, they're like, oh, pip, pip, the bag, oh, no, nice, very nice, keep it flowing. And then you're like, we show up at JFK and my bag and I just want to get home. My bag is stuck. I can see my bag stuck and a bunch of other bags are stuck. It's mounting up. People, what are they doing? Eating sandwiches? Nothing, right? They're doing nothing. So I jump up on the carousel. I run up the carousel and undo the bag. As soon as my feet touch that carousel, oh, 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 <laughs> know what I mean? Like dark fashion. I'm like, oh, what? Why didn't you fix my dang bag? What the hell's wrong with you? Is going to sit here forever? For freaking ever? Oh, People. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's so New York. For those of you that have never been to New York, the, oh, oh, oh that's New York. That is New York. You could, like, everyone we should thinks, have them say Jivadon. You go to JFK <laughs> and ask them how they say it. They say it like this. Say Jivadon. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Come on. You know what I mean? Like, that's New York. In a nutshell, if you ever need to have an interaction with someone on the street, oh, like that. That's all you need. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and it works for basically everybody. I mean, it's come on. I think it's, you know, I think it's a, it's a universal, it's a universal kind of New York exclamation. It's like for, if you speak German, it's the New York equivalent of doch. What does that mean? Oh! <laughs> Are you paying attention to stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Shout out. 
two, this is via Instagram. So, Nastasia, don't get mad, but it's a shout out for Father's Day. So, I have to do it early, so, lest I forget. But uh, happy Father's Day to uh, Wes McAdams from his kids, Callie, Douglas, and Jane. Happy Father's Day. You know what I'm going to do for Father's Day? Nothing. You know what's even more important to me than Father's Day? Do you know what tomorrow is, people? Uh, Wednesday? No. Yeah. Any, any guesses? Nastasia, guess? Any guesses? Uh, no. Your, uh, no, that's not your anniversary. I don't know. It is. It oh. is my 25th wedding anniversary tomorrow. Oh. oh, wow. Nailed it. Yeah. 25th wedding anniversary. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and uh, I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to be An unbelievably here. long amount of time for someone to have been married to you. That's <laughs> uh, so true. That's yeah. so true. I think I'm going to go to Japan Premium Beef after the show, which is open again in Manhattan, and get me some A5 because uh, uh, Jen wanted some steak. I haven't done a, a lot of cooking with, uh, with uh, A5 uh, beef, Wagyu beef, so I got to go check it out and see, see what I'm going to get. But I'll do that. I got some bread baking. I know Nastasia doesn't want to talk about the bread until later at the very end, blah, 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 but whatever. I'm baking some bread. Yeah, we could talk about it. By the way, I have some questions about it later, so I'll talk about it. Uh, so you guys got anything for the week before we hit these questions or no? No, we'll get to the questions. Okay. Uh, so Devin wrote back. Devin is the uh, pasta troll. This is a different troll, trolling Nastasia on the flavor of pasta. Everyone knows Nastasia. Two things. You need, she loves pasta, does not like fresh pasta. What are the, what are the, you, you like ravioli and you like gnocchi and is that it? Yeah. Cavatelli you don't like? Uh, no. But some fettuccine, like fresh fettuccine with like wild boar, like that, that has to be. Oh, it has to come with wild boar. I mean, why would it not? Are you, are you joking with me, Aaron? I just, you know, <laughs> it's quite a condition. I told you not to troll Nastasia right now. Ah! Chingali. A chingali. Uh, is, that, is that the term that you guys use for the wild boar sauce? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you like fresh fettuccine, so you're moderating your opinion, which I appreciate. I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah, me neither. But... Yeah. So in your fresh fettuccine, you like it with, uh, you like an egg? You like it a little yellow or no? Yeah. Okay. Well, Wait, you know so what? why don't you like fresh pasta? It just, it, I think that most pasta is great dried. Um, and I don't like the way that fresh pasta sits in your stomach. It's like a ball of just dough, you know? It's just like dough on dough on dough. It's, I just really don't well, like it. What are the other doughs that are in your stomach? Um, oh, I don't know. Well, doesn't it feel like a ball of dough once you eat fresh pasta? Mm, um, not a, I mean, not if you form it. <sighs> Are you I just like eating the dough? Is that the issue? She's like, it's basically a dumpling in flat form. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's not, I don't, look, I will say this. I understand where Nastasia is coming from, from this perspective. I think when you want that kind of specific texture of fresh pasta, I, like, the thing is, is that real like pasta pasta is got, like has more tooth to it than any homemade pasta could hope to have because they make it under tremendous pressure with durum wheats that are low in gluten, right? They use, they use a, they use a specific 
grind style, like, you know, the semolinas, which, you know, hydrate the way you want to for pasta. They have a mixing technique and pushing it through a dye to get the pressure to get the dough to cohere. They're using a very high protein flour with a low gluten content, the durum wheat. So they have all of these things going for them that you can't really mimic the pressure. I've wanted to get one of those bigly presses for a long time to see whether I can make real stuff, but I, I don't have one and I don't have an arcobaleno or any of these things. But, um, so like you can't make easily the raw product, even whether it's fresh or dried, you can't make that same dough using the stuff that you have at home, right? Whether or not that stuff needs to be completely dried to get the eventual texture that Nastasia likes, that I don't know. I've never run the test. Maybe Nastasia has, I don't know. But uh, I mean, I'm sure that's probably part of it, right, Stas? Yeah. And also how much of it is you just don't like people making things and talking to you about it. No, I, that's not it. I just, I really like the toothsomeness of a dry pasta. You don't get that with fresh pasta. Um, I have a bunch of durum here. I might try to make some semolina. I'll I'll try to like do stuff that only passes through a fifty and throw away the stuff through a sixty and see if I can. I'll reject the forties, take the fifty to sixty, see whether I can get a decent. But why? Nastasia is just going to sit there and like, she's going to like Nastasia's hate face can make it all the way from Stanford to the Lower East Side. Like I, can, I will be feeling it on my back all the way over here. And she'll, she'll call me and then just not say anything. And then she'll call me like an hour later and yell at me about an unrelated thing, but it'll be about the pasta. So I'm probably not going to do that. Our morning started with yelling. For no reason, by the way. Anyway. Getting, no getting into it. You brought it up. Anyway. <laughs> But I'll tell you another thing that's good to have high protein, low gluten that I am going to be working on uh, is uh, flour tortillas. I did my first flour tortilla with a very soft wheat, it didn't have enough protein, and the taste was amazing. I used Frederick wheat. Um, the taste was amazing, but it didn't have quite enough structure. So I'm waiting for my Sonoran white wheat, which is a high protein but low gluten flour that was the original wheat that uh, hundreds of years ago that the flour tortilla in the Sonoran Desert was based around. And Hayden Flour Mills sells it, uh, and I'm getting some shipped to me. I was supposed to, I was already supposed to have tested it and told you guys about it, but uh, there was a problem in the shipping. They shipped me just regular chump soft white wheat. I got 50 pounds of soft white wheat in my pantry. I can't use any more soft white wheat. Nastasia doesn't want to talk about it. But anyway, so this is a long way to get to Devin's question. Remember, he was the pasta troll uh, talking to Nastasia about how pasta doesn't have flavor. And he said, thanks for answering my previous pasta question. It was a ridiculous question. I was thinking about how to highlight the flavor of pasta in a dish and couldn't really come up with anything myself. But I guess it's true if you eat pasta alone or uh, add just flavor enhancers like salt, butter, and Parmesan, the pasta flavor would be the highlight. Please accept my hum humblest, please accept my humblest apologies from this beta. Apology accepted, Nastasia, or no? Oh my God, yeah. Yeah? Accepted? Okay. <laughs> you sound, you have trepidation <laughs> about accepting this apology. Fine, just go on. All right. Can we, just, then, can we dissect this question for a second? Okay. Not even a question. He said, when you eat pasta alone, is does he mean like you are your safest pasta eating partner? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh, Aaron. You know, it's always nice having Aaron around. I have to say. I'll take that. I'll take that at face value. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nastasi, what are your favorite pasta shapes? I love bucatini. That's probably my favorite one. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like rigatoni. I like mezzo rigatoni. Yeah. You don't like the pre stranglers? I love the pre stranglers. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So in my family, if you're an idiot, in the in the in my stepfather's family, in the Italian side, Boston section, if you are an idiot, you are a macaroni with no hole. <laughs> this is the insult. Because but first of all, in Boston, all pasta is macaroni. It's all called macaroni, and the sauce is called gravy. All pasta sauce is called gravy. Yeah. Of course, you know you can make the gravy. They make a lobster gravy. They make the meat gravy with the, and yes, this is the way they say it, brajol in the meat gravy and the sausage and the pork chops and the meatballs in the gravy with the macaroni. That's the, that's the parlance you use in Boston. Anyway, so uh, yeah, if you were a complete nincompoop, you were a macaroni with no hole. That guy's a macaroni with no hole. I like that. Yeah, yeah, you gotta use that. So you like bucatini, you like macaroni with a hole. Yep. Yeah, uh, okay. Here's a question from Devin, the pasta troll. Uh, I'm trying to get a clean solution for making cream out of milk. Now, before I even read your question, Devin, I don't really understand what you want, but I'm going to go through it anyway. Cream to be whipped like Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Aaron, what are your thoughts on Cool Whip? I don't think... Ready for this? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think I've ever had it. What? I don't think I've ever had it. Why? You mean you've never had it frozen? You've always kept it in your fridge and never bothered trying to eat frozen Cool Whip out of the tub. That's what you. I mean. don't. I don't think Jews eat Cool Whip. What? No. Why wouldn't they? It's a non-dairy whip topping. It's like made for Jews. <laughs> that's that's valid. I don't. I don't know. I, I've never had. I've also never had marshmallow fluff. That I can understand. Why? Because you can't guarantee where the gelatin comes from. It's not a kosher thing. I think it's a <laughs> cultural thing. First of all, you, you're kosher. No, no, no. Stop spreading rumors. <laughs> Aaron Polsky doesn't doesn't mix dairy and meat. That's what everybody's gonna say now. Aaron Polsky never eats Oreos, only Hydrox. Keeps kosher. Are there kosher um, Oreos? Hydrox. They, it used Sounds to be. Like... It used to be Oreos were never kosher, so they invented the Hydrox cookie, which was kosher. Same and company then, was in the Nabisco. No, no, just, no, no, different people. Oh. And then <clears throat> Nabisco was finally like, "Why are we? Why are we doing this? Why are we so stupid? And why then, are we losing the market of two percent of the world's population?" I mean, but like, why? Like, okay, whatever. I'm just saying they they hated seeing the Hydrox flourish. That's what it was. They just hated seeing the Hydrox flourish. Yeah, that's a common theme through history. Oh my! Yes. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, there are two ways to consume Cool Whip, Aaron. You can either use it out of the tub in your fridge, or some people, if you you know grew up, I guess, hard wasp like me, you also sometimes kept a tub in the freezer. Anyone else here with me? What? Yes. No, no, Stas, no. thank you, finally. What's it like out of the freezer? It's like firmer. It's like... But it's not firm. It's firmer. firmer. And it's cool on your mouth. So when it's hot out, Cool Whip from the freezer is nice. I happen to like Cool Whip. I also happen to like Miracle Whip. I do not believe Miracle Whip is mayonnaise. I believe Miracle Whip tastes good. I enjoy it. I don't use it when I'm cooking, but if someone said, I'm putting Miracle Whip on your sandwich, I would not punch them. What? Us. 
What's it made? I don't, I don't, I've never had it. What's it made of? Miracle Whip's with fake mayonnaise. I think it's, it's like a salad dressing. I, I forget what they use instead of this. It's some sort of compounded thing. Like Cool Whip is fake, fake whipped cream. I love whipped cream. I also like Cool Whip. Back to Why that. do they need to make fake mayonnaise? What is in, what's in the real stuff that, that is offensive uh, to the let's, people? Who let's want. look up what, what's in Miracle Whip. The one advantage of doing this show like this is I can just sit here and look up. And first of all, Ain't no one used straight Miracle Whip as a salad dressing, which is what they, which is what they say it is. Let's look at the Miracle Whip uh, uh, prize. Ooh, Heinz makes it. Heinz, uh, prize to the first person who uh, gets me the ingredient list off of Miracle Whip. And come on, come on, come on, guys. Now you guys are oh, I got it. Water, soybean oil, high fructose corn syrup, vinegar, modified cornstarch, eggs, salt, natural flavor, mustard, flour potassium sorbate spice and dried garlic what's it trying to be ranch well yeah but what the heck it's got egg yolks it's got oil water it must be it has all the stuff of mayonnaise and then a bunch of extra junk yeah but six flags announced a new partnership with the miracle whip brand in 2009 (laughs) what's happening there it must just (laughs) it must just have is it because they've added sugar to it that's why it's not mayonnaise but QP does that and MSG. Like, is it that there's more water in it than you're allowed to have in regular oh, mayonnaise? Oh, it's cheaper. It was developed as a less expensive alternative to mayonnaise in 1933, back when people were sober. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what's killing my food budget, Aaron? It's the mayo. It's how much mayo I go through. <laughs> That's what's <laughs> killing me. Um, all right, back to Cool Whip. Cream to be whipped like Cool Whip. My body doesn't do so well with stabilizers, and most store-bought heavy creams are doped. I don't know uh, where you live, Devin, but you can find, for instance, Trader Joe's, and I know I've said terrible things about Trader Joe's dairy aisle, mostly that their light sour cream, the package is almost identical to their real sour cream. All sour creams are like that, too. It's ridiculous. I know, it's Do you know what, have you ever accidentally gotten home? A million times. All yeah. the all the time. And you're like, but why? Like like the people who want crap garbage, fake sour cream, really want that stuff. So just like paint it with neon colors, put rainbows on it, like do anything, right? Anything so that I don't accidentally pick you up. You know what I mean? <laughs> um so there's that uh a lot of things are like that there's another one at trader joe's they have this they have this thing that they call kind of guilt free they have these things that are guilt free but the packaging is almost identical like minor things i don't want guilt free because i am not guilty about the food i eat there is nothing about the food that i eat that makes me feel guilty do you know what i'm saying am i the only one did i lose all you guys no you're right go on to the question all right Back to Cool Whip. So uh, Trader Joe's uh, heavy cream, uh, I believe, is unstabilized. That's why we use it when we make butter. Um, I haven't tried straight gelatin, but if you don't like stabilizers, but you're okay with gelatin, eh, you can do that. You say you want to make whipped cream from milk, but is it really because you want to whip milk? If you want to whip milk, gelatin and condensed milk, because you get like a lot of... um, milk solids, right? You're adding to the milk solids. The thing about cream is, is the fat is whipping and making like a nice, like, and you have, you have protein 
in the form of milk solids that are adding to the whipping ability. And then you have uh, the fat, which is actually forming the, the foam. So you have both and it sets up uh, nicely. If you want to do it without the fat, right, then I guess you could use um, evaporated milk and gelatin and, and whip it up. Uh, you know, and Nestle, the evil Nestle overlords, and they really are evil. They have a recipe up there that you could do uh, with gelatin. Um, but then you say, uh, any suggestions? I'd rather not throw money randomly to see what works, hence why I'm asking first. I would say if you can have real cream, just go get the real cream from uh, without the stabilizer in it, just plain cream, like search it out because it's useful for other things like making butter. butter. Also, at some point in here, I don't remember, you add, oh, or adding dehydrated butter or dehydrated milk to liquid milk to give it more heft to be whipped. Just buy evaporated milk. Dehydrated butter is a misnomer. I wish, I wish that that person would slip on a banana peel and like, you know, be laid up for a week for calling it dehydrated butter. Dehydrated butter is still a liquid fat, uh, liquid or solid, depending on its temperature. It's called ghee, right? So like what butter powder is, which is not dehydrated butter. This is one of those lies. It's like the same way that I'd like to be trapped in a, in a small room after I'd eaten very, very, very many beans with whoever came up with calling mono and diglycerides glisse in the Ferran Texturas line because it's caused me untold problems. But the same thing with this dehydrated butter. <coughs> what butter powder is, is ghee, right? So clarified butter that they then take a whole boat ton of milk solids that without the water milk solids and keep adding milk solids to the ghee until it turns into a powder so it's mostly milk solids and milk solids are keeping that butter apart that's what it is so i don't I mean it it's not like it's going to hurt you when it's whipping but i don't really think it's going to necessarily help either is that a good answer Stas, or no Yep. Uh, hey, Aaron. Yo. Are you one of these oat milk weasels? I am. So, <clears throat> I think oat milk. I'm sorry. Hold on. <clears throat> Everybody uh, can hear me clearing my throat. Um, I think oat milk is a scam. What? Um, because, so if you're not making your oatmeal, and I know it's not for oatmeal, but hear me out. If you're not making your oatmeal with milk, what are you using? Water, like a chunk. Water? Water. Right. So, like, you're making your own oat milk and doing that, but we all know that making it with water doesn't taste as good. <clears throat> right? So. Clear your throat. Okay, hold on. I'm going to mute it. This episode is brought to you by Ben to Table, a monthly food subscription service for avid home cooks focused on delicious and sustainable pantry items. I recently received a conservas box. I had squids, razor clams, octopus, um, and sardines, and then it came with this hot sauce. So this sauce is apparently the favorite sauce of Barcelona. I was there last, I was there two years ago with everyone's favorite life coach, Claire. And when I put the sauce on all of my bread and fish, uh, it reminded me of being in Barcelona with Claire. So thank you, Ben to Table. Go to bentotable.com to start your own monthly subscription. Use the discount code HRN to get $20 off a new subscription, and Ben to Table will donate $10 to support cooking issues and all of HRN's programming. I'm back. I'm all good. So... <laughs> Oat milk is like 
the residue of a less preferable oatmeal. No. I no. yeah no I mean I there's no is there even fat in oats? Uh, they specifically remove the fat. Um, and well, they they either remove the fat or they have to um, they have to deactivate the um, the, uh, the lipases in it that will uh, cause it to go rancid. So they are lipoxygenases, whatever they're called, the enzymes that will do it. So they either have to heat and activate it or or remove the fat. There is some fat. In it, so yeah. it is great. And now they in have oatmeal. Or in oat milk, you're saying that they remove the fat. In commercial oat milk that you buy, they add fat to it. They add neutral oil to it to get the fat level up to where you want. Yeah, it's a scam. It's not a scam. It is the best non-milk milk. It really is. Have you ever made oatmeal with oat milk? No, I don't eat oat milk. I have. Yeah, well, don't In do 2007, that. it would have been called Oats Two Ways. Oat on oat on oat on oat. Oat squared. Aaron, Aaron, make make coffee with because I drink coffee and I stopped using milk. If you have you... coffee, Nastasia is like being alone during this COVID time has turned her into a cult leader. No, I just drinking, just drinking you know, coffee like a cult leader. I defend Nastasia. No, oat milk is the best alternative milk and coffee. Yes, it's very well, good. Yeah, you know what? What about big... almond milk? No, you it better. It's, a, it's better. Yeah, almond is delicious. Coffee is no, delicious. You don't right, want your all, coffee oh, to geez, taste like you don't want your coffee to taste like almonds. You want it to taste like milk. Then oh. use milk. No, because you're not lactose intolerant. No, I mean, I've been vegan. I've been trying to be vegan for uh, why? I don't know. It's a discipline thing. It's what a central this? tenet of her cult. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But there's no there's reason. There's an ecological so there, argument there to there cutting out milk. There is a reason to be vegan. <laughs> you look in the mirror. Do you make the <laughs> vegan face? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like making myself solo meals. Um, That's under, I understand a solo meal. Where did yeah. the eating vegan come from? Because having animal protein as the only like contact that I had with a person or a mammal or whatever you want to call it, like was sad. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to have this dead piece of meat in my house. Yeah, but what about what about milk and eggs? You you, you said I can, meat. I can do without milk. Eggs. Apparently, to- you can't because you're buying expensive substitutes for it. Well, well I, I can't. How do we know you're not making your own? I'm she's definitely not. not making my own because people need to realize <laughs> that like places that make mass production of great <laughs> shouldn't stuff. stuff should kids go watch Toy Story? <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> Um, they should just realize that people that mass produce things are doing it the best way. Like, why would I go through? Oh, that's, that's not all. You say McDonald's makes the best hamburgers? For a fast food hamburger? Yes. If you want that same fast food taste. He, Aaron's not saying fast food. Aaron's saying make it home versus not. The argument, the argument here is, is that they are doing a process you can't easily do at home. Therefore, you proteins. can't mimic it. Unlike McDonald's why where I can very was... easily make a hamburger at home. Yes. Anyway. Uh, point is, is that Nastasia gets these weird things in her head. Like she won't play music. She has to hear it from the radio. That is true. And this has become one of those things. And mm, this is going to become a problem. This is going to become a problem for me. I guarantee what, it's going to become a problem for me. What is? 
this weird like cult tangent you're going off on because there's no reason for you. I had I had meat on Saturday. If I'm with people, hey, hey, hey did anyone say anything about meat? We're talking about oat milk right now. Where's this oh, meat yeah. conversation coming from? Where's this? Hey, where any of you, John? Were you talking about meat? No, I, we were talking about oat milk. I believe we we're talking about oat milk. She started on meat. Okay, but I'm, I grew up with milk, and it's kind of gross. Cow milk. You've been having milk forever. You love cheese. I love cheese, yeah. Cheese is the one problem with veganism I cannot do without cheese. So that's never gonna, I'm never gonna- eggs in everything that's made? Eggs, I told you, Dave, I got real grossed out by the, the uh, what's that little thing? Kalaza. Yeah, so gross. Wait, what's Kalaza? Is that Being like- Kalaza alone in a house? I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah, but everything is made with eggs. Yeah, that's fine. As long as there's eggs in it, but to scramble them and to see that little thingy- ugh. No one says you have to scramble eggs. What's a colossa? Okay, listen, Matt, you got an egg, you got your shell, True. you got that like skin membrane, and then holding the egg yolk in the white is like a ropey doodad Oof. with a little white pearly McGillicuddy attached to it called the colossa. So gross. It's like the umbilical oh. cord. This is why, in, uh, and John, you'll back me up on this, old school French weasels will strain their egg whites uh, after they're done to get rid of the chalaza because it's gross. And what we do instead is use a Vita prep when we're making our creme anglaise. But if you don't use oh, a Vita yeah. prep, if you're just stirring your creme anglaise, you need to strain it to get rid of the chalaza. John, oh, that is disgusting. Disgusting, right, Aaron? I'm looking at it. Disgusting. Have you ever heard that, Dave? <laughs> you know what? It almost auto Google almost auto completed yeah. chalaza for me. <laughs> the. Uh, Oh, no, it's gross. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to send you yeah, the grossest right, picture. Do you know what looks gross, doesn't self, taste bad, self is self Balut. Self-love and a halazo. What? Like, All right. The whole quarantine is just lots of things are coming up. I'll, I'll bite. What's a balut? Did you say balut? Yeah, yeah, balut. So that's where <laughs> you actually let the egg grow until it's about to hatch, and then you open it and you eat the, you eat the, the almost bird. Yeah, that's too much. It's, it's yeah, it's it's good. It tastes good. I wouldn't like seek it out, but like it's not as gross as people say it is. Everyone's like, "No, oh, it's so gross!" Oh my god, well, it's not that gross. It's a little less. When I was in Laos, I had one, and the embryo was a little overdeveloped, so it was a little feathery and and too crunchy. It wasn't wasn't super pleasant. Yeah, well, I was eating it with someone who was walking me through the process, and there's like a there's a there's a a stony thing in it that has to be removed that is the waste product of the embryo being grown. So you get rid of that. But like on balance, it tastes rather brothy. The stony thing that needs to be removed. Is that yeah. like the beak? No, no, no. That stuff's all fine. No, it's like literally like a little little stony thing. <laughs> hey. When you eat a pitch, do you a peach? Do you get all uh, all pissed off because of the, of the of the stone? No, you don't eat the pit. It's the same thing with the balut. Um, there are like eyes and stuff. Oh God! What the heck? I've had it. Who am I to dealing with clear, here? I've had it. Stas, what's what's the world's best peach? Nectarine. Correct. <laughs> Correct. The nectarine is the best peach. Hey, we uh, have to get on a game show. What? You have to get on a game show. I know, I know. Well, because we have a, we have our own, we have like you know, twelve years of shtick built up. We can just do this stuff back and forth. 
Anyway, Ian writes in, this is going to be about oat milk. Uh, this is, oh, by the way, Ian's giving you some information on grain milling first. So Nastasia earmuffs. This is not Nastasia saves going to trigger her. She doesn't want you to talk about, by the way, dairy products or meat, but also not about grain. So she only eats celery. Um, I have some info to share on last week's show on grain milling and then a question. I justified buying a Vitamix some years ago because of a demonstration that bundled the dry container uh, and claimed it could make flour. I've since been grinding wheat in it to make pizza every week or two for about 10 years, and the whole picky family is happy with the results. The Vitamix does create a lot of heat. It really does. Uh, there's uh, some really good articles on the internet. Uh, I have to find it for you guys, but at some point in the next year, uh, I'll be talking about it. And there's a there's a website, and I forget the person's name, but they do an extremely good job of measuring the heat generated by different blenders and the power and the friction. Just a fantastic job. I, I, I don't have it on the tip of my tongue, so I can't tell you what website to go to. Anyway, um, but I keep the wheat berries vacuum bagged in the freezer before grinding, so the final temperature is about 110 Fahrenheit. I sift it in a no-number OXO mesh strainer. You need to up your, you need to up your, your strainer your, your, your sieve game, Ian. I just ordered off of the internet. Well, I'll finish what you say. Uh, and sprinkle the big bits on the peel or parchment like cornmeal. To extend the coffee analogy, I figure it's like using a whirly blade instead of a better burr grinder. But as my kitchen and basement are already full of gear, I just can't justify a grain mill right now. Well, you can't even buy one, Ian, so don't even bother because they're all out of stock. Unless you go on eBay and buy some broke one like I did and like, rebuild it better, stronger, faster. Uh, since it wasn't mentioned, I figure other listeners who have the same setup could try this, and if they want to dabble in home grinding before going full in on a grain mill. So I would go to get a good uh, shaker, but I've been spending the past couple of weeks uh, with I, I hand-built um, flour sieves, and I made them square. For God's sakes, if you ever make your own sieves, don't make them square. The squareness is such a nightmare because the stuff gets caught in the corners. And I've also learned that tapping the sieves is a terrible way to get, like, that's how I do, like, for those of you that, like, use the, uh, the fine strainers, the uh, chinois in a kitchen, you hold it, and then you can sit there, and some people use a spoon or, a, like, crazier people use that weird cone-shaped thing to, to get the stuff to go through. But most of us, I think, just sit there and pound the handle in with your hand to get the stuff to jangle and go through. Is that how you do it, John? Yeah. Is that how you do it, Aaron? Uh, yeah. 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 Well, according to CDC guidelines, that's how Aaron does it. <laughs> but the, um, but uh, when you're working with uh, powdered goods in a large thing like a Tammy, you don't want to hit it, right? These are fundamentally big Tammies. It's just not effective. You want to take your hand or a spatula and push the stuff through, but it's a nightmare. So I've been, the biggest, hardest part about the working with my own flour has been this, the, the sifting through the different size meshes. But just yesterday, what showed up in time for me to bake my anniversary, 25th anniversary bread with Dax, which I'm going to be doing a hard white wheat. I'll let you know next, next week how I like it, is I bought a, a vibratory shaking sieve off of eBay, came direct from China in under a week, and that sucker is a miracle. It's the same size as my, as my hand sifting boxes that I made, and you just push a button and walk away, and it goes... Insists everything, so I'm loving it. I only have had it for a day, but I'm already loving it anyway. Uh, here's the question they, uh, that Ian wrote in, though, and this is going back to oat milk. And uh, 
Aaron, we're going to talk a little bit about your hatred of oat milk. Oat milk is more nuanced, as Nastasia would say, than you're letting it uh, on it to be. And also, the way they make it at Oatly makes it hard for you to make it home. So I'm going to give points to Nastasia in this argument. What do you think, Seth? I like that because I'm right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just uh, coming from a bar background, you know, you make your own orgeat, you can make your own oat milk. All right. Well, we're going to get into this. Trader Joe's sells a drink called non-dairy oat beverage that tastes good and is slightly sweet. I don't know about Trader Joe's. Just get the Oatly. Everyone likes the Oatly. Am I right, Stas? Yeah. Chobani yeah. does one too. That's pretty good. Chobani? They make an oat thing? What the hell is oat yogurt? I don't know. No, no, no. They, they make an oat milk and it's just as good as Oatly. And then they yogurt it, but they yogurt it. What the heck does that taste like? Have any of you guys had that? No. No. The problem with almond milk, by the way, all right, well, I'll finish this question. It tastes good and it's slightly sweet. I've tried making, in quotes, oat milk, but it's not the same, being watery and vaguely oaty at best. Not oatly, oat-y. And oatmealy slimy at worst. The good stuff only lists water and hydrolyzed oats as ingredients and says on the package that they break the starches down into sugars to produce the sweetening effect. Are there uh, any readily available enzymes or techniques I could use to replicate this at home? I have sous vide equipment. Sous vide. I have sous vide. What? You guys should just buy Oatly. Come on. Okay, okay, hold up. Let me finish this question, Nastasia. You can be indignant in a minute. I have uh, sous vide equipment and the Vitamix, but no Spinzol. For the same reason I don't have a grain mill, I'd rather just buy dry oats and save on the wasteful packaging and shipping of water all over the place, Stas. Oh, what do you think about that? What do you think about that, Stas? There's lots of things. Does he buy wine? Does he buy beer? Does he make wine and beer? So you're saying that Oatly is of such a high quality that it's comparable to fermenting Welch's grape juice versus buying good wine. Yes. You're just being a troll now. You're just being crazy. <laughs> crazy so I'm looking at the ingredients of Oatly right now. <clears throat> no, it's and also, again, it's insulting because these people at Oatly found a way to make a delicious product. And then this guy is like, well, can't I just make it at home? Like, no, no, no. Right, speaking of insulting, John, we, all, we, don't, we, we only have like 10 yeah, yeah. minutes for this yeah. argument. So speaking of insulting, John, after this, uh, let's talk mustard for a minute. And Nastasia has not yet ordered our monocles, so I can't go back to Belgium, but I'll talk about our mustard experiments. So John found uh, for me again, I've read it before, uh, the patent that Oatly has. And the European patent is W O two O two zero one four one two three four six six A one US patent number nine seven four three six eight four. And uh, it's about creating an oat beverage. And it goes into excruciating detail exactly, exactly what they do. Now, there you go, guy. There you the go. reason people like some people want oat milk is because they believe that the um, beta glucans in it are going to reduce their cholesterol, right? And so they think that 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 they're going to live forever if they have beta glucans, right? So uh, part of what they have to do is heat treat the oats to, to because there's enzymes in it in the oats that will automatically uh, break it down, right? And as the patent says, typically uh, oat milk is too low of a fat concentration to, to foam properly, so they'll add uh, vegetable oil to it. Now, I'm sure there's someone out there 
who, you know, reclaims uh, the fat from oats because people do remove the fat from oats to make sure that they don't go rancid and then can then add that fat back in later. So it's possible to get an all oat, all day uh, situation. But here's the main, here's the main issue. The reason they had this uh, patent invention that Oatly did, and it says room for further improvement uh, is the following, in particular, in respect to increasing the protein content of the drinks. Processes for producing oat drinks known in the art do not adequately access the protein in the raw oat material. So the issues are is that um, oats are heated prior to being um, uh, ground up so that you don't have the enzymes that will make the fats go rancid and also that'll destroy the beta glucans. Uh, so addition, so a lot of the, of the, the protein is not in soluble form sometimes because it's never insoluble, uh, never soluble to begin with, or because it was, um, or because it was heat treated and therefore becomes insoluble. And the patent's a little bit weird because they say don't use preheated steamed oats, but then when they actually describe how they do it, they do use pre-steamed oats. But the magical trick that they use is an enzyme that has its own patent, EP09768291B1. Uh, and it is a, what's called a, peptid, a peptidase, uh, with, no, it's a deamidation enzyme, right? So it deamidates. So what it's doing is it's cleaving off uh, uh, an amide group and releasing, I think, like a, an ammonia and making the proteins that were formerly insoluble soluble. So they're treating it with this protein, this protease enzyme, well, protein deaminase enzyme, deamidating enzyme, that is taking a otherwise insoluble or less soluble protein and making it soluble. So by treating it with that enzyme, they can increase the protein content of the oat milk without adding external protein to it. So what this is telling you is if you want to just do it, and you don't have access to that enzyme. One of the answers, if you don't really care, is to just add protein to it that's going to have good whipping ability. So just choose any sort of good whipping ability protein and, and adding it to it. I don't know whether the, the company that makes it is uh, Amano. Amano Enzyme Inc. Uh, is the name of the company that sells the, uh, that sells the enzyme that they use. They then also use a, an amylase, both a, an alpha and a beta amylase, to break the starch down, which is why it's sweet, and also why it's not so thick. So they get it to be closer to the actual viscosity of milk by breaking the starch down and they increase the protein that's available by using an enzyme that makes the protein water soluble. And it's the protein in the oat milk that allows it to foam so well in foam drinks and why it is quote unquote barista grade. Things like soy milk have a lot of protein, but the problem with soy milk is, is that soy milk, the proteins in soy milk will curdle when added to hot coffee, the same way that they'll curdle when you add stuff to them to make tofu. Almonds don't have enough protein in them to, uh, I think, to whip properly. And so almond milk doesn't work. And other milks don't have the right fat content. So the nice thing about this Oatly is they use this, these enzymes, and I believe they add fat to it, to get the fat and protein content and protein uh, styles in it relatively close to what you'd have for dairy milk. So it works well in coffee uh, drinks. The... And you can read in their patent, if you care to, the exact dosages and times and temperatures that they use, uh, but just go to, go to that patent. Does that make sense? That's that a decent... Uh, yeah, it's just like, you know, they do it in a factory. Is this douche going to do it? Like, it's, it's not even, it's not, comp like, I, it makes me angry, the whole thing. So speaking of making you angry, yes. oh, by the way, for your survey, 
they are demographically the same as me, same age, geographical background, and lots of other weirdly. That makes sense. What do you say? That makes sense. Yeah. Loves the show. Feels like he's found kindred spirits in us and is hoping to make it to existing conditions someday when the apocalypse is over, uh, if the apocalypse is ever over. Um, so speaking of uh, people who listen to the show might know that, uh, you know, Nastasia doesn't believe that John and I should try to make mustard. Instead, we should just, you know, while she's saving the earth by being vegan, we should just light fire to 8 billion gallons of uh, airplane fuel and fly to Belgium every day to buy our mustard. No, or just be like, that was a really good experience. I can't wait to go back someday. I'm not going to. And meanwhile, I can't have mustard? Yeah, or just eat American mustard. Why do I want American mustard? Why don't you just buy French mustard? French mustard is garbage mustard. Or <laughs> Edmund Fallow, man. Or the, the best mustard I've ever had is from Ghent. Work on the the cube video. Look, listen. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's what I learned about no, Ghent. John, why I'm are you not trying to make? Hey, I'm not trying to make the Ghent mustard. But what I learned from Ghent mustard is this: it's made only with mustard seeds, vinegar, salt, and water. And so what that means is, is that if the best mustard I had only has that in it that I don't need like wine or beer or sugar or honey or any of these other things to get a mustard I like. So I ran my first mustard experiment with the wet grinder and whole, whole grain, whole grain, fine ground mustard in a wet grinder. If you don't know what a wet grinder is, I'm not saying to go buy a wet grinder, but they're pretty awesome, but for specific things. So if you like idlis, if you like dosas, um, if you want to make your own chocolate, uh, which again, it's better to buy Valrona. It is better, Stas, but it is fun having made your own uh, chocolate once or twice. Uh, it's great for uh, mustard. Uh, anyway, wet grinders are a lot of fun. They do take up a lot of space. They're not that expensive anymore. They used to be a lot more, but there's a lot more brands available in the U.S. now. So uh, I soaked my brown mustard seeds. The problem, I think, is the mustard seeds I got were old. I bought them from Calustians. I love Calustians, but like sometimes their spice can be sitting on the shelf for forever. Am I right, John? Yeah. So I took a pound of mustard seeds, uh, soaked them in about twice that weight of water uh, overnight, ground them in the wet grinder, added about 2% of salt, 2 2.5% of salt. And then here's the trick. So mustard seeds, and I wasn't able to get it as hot as I want, so I need to experiment. But mustard seeds, if you hydrate them or crush them in water, um, they will get hotter, spicier than if you do it in acid. So what I did is, and it really freaked me out, I have glacial acetic acid. Have I already talked about this on air yet? I don't know. Glacial acetic acid is like 99. It's greater than 99% acetic acid, and it is extremely corrosive to skin. It makes me so nervous having it around. I dripped a little bit on my concrete floor and it ate the surface off of the concrete floor. It was crazy. So I'm adding small amounts of that so that I can get the hydration with pure water and then get the acidity up to the preservation level that I want using this, but it just freaks me out too much. So I have some 30% German vinegar coming to me that I can use, uh, you know, German vinegar essence that I'm going to use it the next time I make it. But the mustard is delicious, but it's like, it's the, I, I can hydrate it more. The mustard I made is the texture. It's smooth. It's dark brown. It's spicy, but it's the texture of chicken liver, right, John? You saw the picture of it. It's thick. I'll work on it. Um, Capri Sun, longtime listener, wrote in and said, uh, thanks for including my question on the podcast. He thinks Jordana had the best voice, but Phil gets an honorable mention for heavy, raw emotion. 
what do you think, Steph? Oh, what do you really? think, Beth? Yeah, what do you think? He also wants us to make the steams all, which is the steamer thing that we're going to put into the oven for baking bread. We're not going to make it, but if someone wants to talk about steam generation, I spoke to Adam Leonti, who we might have back on the show, along hopefully with uh, Stephen Jones, the guy who runs the bread lab, and we'll do another bread catastrophe as he gets ready to have his own podcast. So we'll save that uh, for later about why we're not going to, um, why we're not going to build that. Someone else, Nastasia, I forget who it was wrote in oh here's one william and cheryl wrote in uh hey dave nastasia matt in the booth what also aaron needs to promote his product give me one second uh first time writing to the show i recently drove cross country with my fiance remember fiance is the least permanent of all things jesus and made her listen to most of the cooking issues backlog we both love the rock star wine tasting nastasia i we do too but you don't want to do it because it's not a family show that's not true we don't want to do it because you said that the person that we had on doing it already did it as part of his own thing. And so we can't do it anymore. Yeah, That's what you said. See, now you take something that you say we can't do and then you blame it on me. This is classic Lopez. We were going to have the guy from tool on remember. Oh, here it is. Did Nastasia really work? Well, he says for corn or was she just working for corn with a C? It was neither. It was tool. No, I worked for corn. You worked for corn. Okay. Yeah. Corn with a K. Okay. Corn know. with a K and a backwards R. Yep. Why was the backwards R for? I don't know, man. That's just, just how turning. corn was stylized. Uh, and and it's this pronounced again. more corn. <laughs> what do you think about corn, the German liquor, Aaron? Oh, I think I I don't know. I've only had it once. I would squarely put it into the Miracle Whip category. I had some artisanal corn that was uh, one of those things where the guy shows up at the restaurant where I'm eating Schweinhaxe and I'm shoving the Schweinhaxe in my face. It was delicious. We were somewhere in Berlin. I was taken there by uh, Eben Clem. And he's like, dude, my favorite Schweinhaxe place. So we go there. We go to get Schweinhaxe. And this guy walks in. He's like, this is my homemade corn. And he hands me the corn. And we, we got toasted on corn. It was pretty good. It was pretty good, I have to say. Uh, so uh, Will, William and Cheryl finish out. And, and, and Stassi, you don't need to worry because I'm not going to answer their question. I'm going to answer their question with another thing. We moved from Augusta to my brother's guest house in San Diego during the quarantine, looking to install a carbonation system so that the whole family can enjoy. Apologies if you already explained the correct rig setup and parts to buy in a former episode that I haven't gotten to, but we'd love to have bubbles all summer. Thanks for the great show, William and Cheryl. And so what am I going to say? John, you have to force me. I'm working on that video. True or false? No, John, make, have him make mustard. I thought you wanted me to do the carbonation video. Nastasia, I thought you wanted me to do the carbonation video. So you never had I don't want you to again. make mustard or bread. Do not make mustard or bread. I've already, I'm making bread literally right now, and I have two liters of mustard in my fridge that I've Priority. already made. John, we're going to have another conversation. About what? Oh, priorities mean like wine Santa. <laughs> I haven't worked on him in a year, well, more than a year. I need to eat mustard. I made mustard. It took me like 20 minutes of, of work. What's wrong with you? I don't talk to you about your veganism. Well, I guess I do. <laughs> you do, you uh, do, in the most public I, way. I do. All right, Trevor, I saw that you write me, wrote me about rice cookers. You got. You already have your Zojirushi uh, Neuro Fuzzy Rice uh, Cooker that you got on Craigslist, and and someone in your house, Trevor, someone in your house is saying that it's not worth the space, Trevor. The Zojirushi Neuro Neuro Fuzzy Rice Cooker is is a joy that you will use forever. Use it to reheat any damn thing, any damn thing without without scorching. It's the induction one, right? 
Is it neurofuzzy induction? Use it to reheat any dang thing. Rice, you can go back, you can make Aaron's oatmeal. Let us know if it's your wife. Let us know. Let, he should let us know if it's his wife that doesn't like it. He should also let us know every other object that's in the kitchen because we could tell him which yeah. one's less useful. I mean, I have to say, like, I use my, even if I'm not cooking rice, I use my rice cooker. woman talking. Do you guys hear another woman? <laughs> yeah. Who is it? Is that with you, Aaron? No, that was no, my, unfortunately. My, my wife is very excited to have finally gotten on unemployment, so she started talking. Oh, nice. All right. Well, congratulations. It's, it's right. the big win. It's the best we can hope for out of 2020. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel so bad. Like, so uh, Dax is, uh, what is he now? He's 15. He's like, this is the worst year of my life all time. <laughs> I was like, fair. Yeah. You know, I mean, what am I going to say Obviously, yes. It is really weird. Anyway, uh, it's been it's been a bad, bad year. Uh well, uh, anything else? Aaron, push your stuff. This is your chance. Thank you for coming on the show, Aaron Polsky. And hopefully in the next week or so, you'll have figured out your uh, CDC recommended uh, physical contact guidelines, uh, built your, built your uh, you know, biologically impenetrable membranes complete with <laughs> touching Orify. And, I think there's uh, a word for those. Yeah, which I will not use. And so now why don't you talk about your product? Yeah, in the two seconds we have left. Uh, great. Uh, <laughs> it's a canned cocktail. Uh, I started a company called Livewire. Uh, it brings you canned cocktails from some of the world's best bartenders. Um, it connects. <laughs> Man, ask me some questions about it. Uh, basically, what I'm doing is I am, I'm, I'm, I, I didn't prepare for this. Is that supposed to do this? Really, a separate question. Separate question. Uh, has Inagata Devita ever oh been God. used oh in God. a television show or a movie without it being a murder scene? Uh, you're the worst. <laughs> Listen, I launched the Can Cocktail Company. It's called Livewire. It is the idea is that it works like a record label, and you have all of your favorite bartenders under one label. You go to the store, you buy their drink. If somebody wants your drink, and let's say maybe your gin and juices on Livewire, they can buy it in the store wherever they are. They don't need to come to you and you don't need to come to them. Let me poke, let me poke you a little bit. Here we go. So like the theory is right, that there's bartenders with good ideas, no reach. So you're going to put a little money in these bartenders who have these drinks in their pocket, let people have a little bit of what that bartender does. So it's basically just spreading the community of these individual bartenders around to a wider audience and letting everyone make a little bit of money, but also have a little bit of fun at the same time. Is this true or false? Uh, it's partially true. There are also bartenders with a lot of reach, but that reach is limited because right now you can read about a, so a quote unquote famous bartender and like you can't experience the drink that they're making. It's the equivalent of like the 1850s when you could read about a musician but you wouldn't know what their music sounded like unless you knew how to play music and could play their music off of sheet music or unless they came to town. So this is essentially the final record, right? It's like now it's bringing it into your home so you can have a way to connect with that bartender. No bartender is as famous as Miracle Whip. Where, where can you buy it, Aaron? That's uh, a good point. You can, can buy it, it online. You can buy it online at livewiredrinks.com. 
Um, it is available in fine liquor stores in New York and California. Uh, you can also buy it at the ShopRite in Hoboken as of last week. Ah, um, the ShopRite in Hoboken. That's Shout insane. out to the ShopRite in Hoboken. Listen, Hoboken, and I sent Booker to Hoboken because they make my, my favorite American-style mozzarella comes from Hoboken. And Kennel, and uh, Kent, what is it? Uh, Massimo's, wherever that is, in Kenilworth, I guess, or whatever it is. So, like, I love that. And so, Hoboken has Hoboken has an amazing history of uh, bars. It, it had the most bars per square mile of anywhere, I think. Right? Hoboken's a great place to to have, you know, your only Jersey outpost. You know, I'm I'm going to say that having grown up in Jersey, I'm very much looking forward to some high school reunion, which I thought I would never say in my life. Because I'll be like, yo, let's meet up in the ShopRite parking lot. I got the pregame. That's um, the strongest thing you could ever say so at a reunion. So strong. You're going to beat and, the hell out of all of them. Like, that's it. Like, you won. Like, you know, you know Romy and Michelle coming in in a helicopter, man. You own this thing with your pregaming with your own product. In the, When's in your the- tenure or 15 or what, what's coming up for you? Uh, how old am I? I'm 33. So I guess it would have been my, my 15 year, but that's not happening. So I don't know the 20, the yeah. 20 at 38. Yeah. It's going to be a good huge one. by that. He's a strong one. Um, I would also like to point out that a lot of the science applied to Livewire I learned from you. So uh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, much. you know. so wait, so you, right now you're in California, New York, will they illegally ship to other States or no? They will legally ship to other states. You can order it uh, to pretty much all 50 states. Maybe like maybe there are a couple you can't, but um, the the fulfillers will ship to pretty much every state. And which bartenders have you already teamed with that people can know? Uh, so Joey Bernardo's cocktail drops today. Um, and coming out in the future, we have Aaron Hayes from Westward Whiskey. We have Yale Vengroff, uh, Christine Wiseman. Souther Teague, Masa Urushido, um, oh, what Masa did? Uh Well, we haven't released it yet, but we're we're working on one. Yeah. What Souther do? Souther, so the only ones that are completed prototypes are um, Yale's. We also Yale have my Kappa Ferry. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not releasing them until they're out. Uh, I'm, geez, please, dude. Jesus. I'll tell you, what about the ones that are out? Let me tell you about the ones that are out. All right. Joey made the Honeydew Collins. So Joey Bernardo has been at Harvard and Stone for like eight years. He runs it now. Drug <laughs> I front. know how you feel Drug, about Drug front. <laughs> um, he's, he's LA's favorite bartender. Uh, he's so what, what's his... the drug of choice to drink with the Melon Collins? <laughs> you know the answer to that question. Yeah. Uh, is, it it is... A, is it a play on melancholy, by the way? You know what's really funny? You know what's really funny is that his art, I realized, so we basically have tattoo artists or like famous artists, not famous. We have art, every bartender can pick their own artist. A lot of the bartenders have chosen tattoo artists who have done work on their own bodies. Um, Joey's art, I realized once we had already packaged it, looks a little bit like um that smashing pumpkins album melancholy and the whatever i'm oh, you know i'm a child of the late 80s yeah. um and uh he's like a smashing pumpkins fan and he didn't even realize it and it's honeydew and that one is melancholy so yeah whatever man. i mean strong i like that all right and how's it taste 
It's great. It's uh, it's gin, honeydew, coconut, lime leaf, and elderflower. Um, so it's got some tropical vibes, and it's also very refreshing. Is the it green? Some... It is not. It's clear. Should it be green? Should I change it that in the future? Sounds green. Like a Midori green, dude. It sounds like it should be like a greener fresca. It should look like a greener fresca. Let me look up a greener fresca. So it should be like. It, in other words, it should have a, a, a like it should it should have some of that clouding agent added that they add to uh, kind of citrus beverages, and it should be like lightly green. Okay, that's my well, feeling. Hey, did you ever drink the Slimer soda back in the day, like that? Wait, named oh, after the like, Ghostbusters ghost? That's yeah. way bright. I'm not saying go neon, dude. No, it was so like, awesome. It was like the Ecto Cooler. That's what it was called. Ecto- oh yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, I think that there's something fun about, you know, incorporating a color to a canned drink because you don't see it until you crack the can. And, and yeah, everybody likes color, especially if you're not using all natural. And especially because the average person. I am using all natural stuff. Oh, geez. We, don't want. We're not getting into We don't have time for the want. Okay, we got to go. We got to go. Listen, listen, listen. Here, I was, I was all the this. drinks are Whole Foods compliant. Oh, geez, okay? Louise. Listen, I, I'll say uh, part one of the issues with things that don't have color is people have a tough time latching on to flavor reference in the absence of color, unless you tell them straight up what they're doing. You know what I mean? But it's on the can. Yeah. Okay. It says what's in it. Okay. I'm just saying but looks green. It'll taste more green. <laughs> All right. Looks true. green. Tastes more green. That's right. just, Aaron, that's good, just luck, life. good luck and Godspeed with your mission this week. <laughs> oh my God. Jeez. Oh, Does everybody know? All right. Okie dokie. No. I think we're, we're, I think we've done it. <laughs> and Cooking Issues. Cooking Issues is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.